Good football fans, welcome back to the Fourth and a Mile podcast alongside my good friends Brady, Bradley, and Jeremy. My name is Josh, and we appreciate you all tuning in. So, guys, how's it going? What's up, guys? How do we do? We have a good weekend. I know we all got to see each other at uh, one of our friends' weddings, but uh, how'd the Sunday go for football? Sunday night was tough. It was a tough pill to swallow. I feel like it was the second week in the Viking season where we outplayed an opponent and uh, still got a big fat L. So it's tough. It's actually good to see. A young team compete but I think it just makes it a little bit more heartbreaking I think the tough part with it too is we're definitely a young team we as in the Vikings uh we're a young team but we also have some veteran players so it's it's a tough mix right now um, mm-hmm. I'm not ready to throw away this season yet because the the wild card is there's seven teams that make the playoffs so the season's definitely not over there's still a lot of games left I mean we still have five division games left. So there's still a lot of season left, but um, definitely frustrating. The loss against Tennessee is a frustrating loss. And then the loss on Sunday night against Seattle when uh, you really thought you had a chance to beat one of the better teams in the NFC um, and it didn't work out. Yeah. Did you guys, how'd you guys feel about that decision? I know Twitter was super uh, divisive about fourth and inches, the graphics said, or kicking the field goal. I know hindsight's 2020, but I, I liked the decision going for it. Bradley and I totally disagree, but I, I was 100% with it. You're on the road against the – arguably, it's them or Green Bay that's one of the best team in the NFC. Um, you have them on the ropes. You've been running it down their throats with Madison. He had over 100 yards in the game. Um, you need one yard, and he didn't get it. But the problem is you let him off the rope twice on fourth down on defense. Yep. That long play, I, I have no idea what Cam Dancer was doing. I'm a huge Cam Dancer fan, but I have I, a good it looked like it looked too. like he was he was going to catch the ball, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it just dropped short of him. So I have, I have no idea what happened there. And then you you trust one of your best defensive players, Anthony Harris, to cover DK Metcalf on the last play of the game, um, and it just and, and, and no, it wasn't Anthony Harris. It was not Anthony Harris. It was, it was a crossing route. It was crossing oh. route. He jumped in and played over because afterwards Harrison Smith mouthed it, uh, Cam Dancer a couple uh, French words. I think he said. Uh, along the lines of cover the blank man or cover your blank man. And the, and interesting, so, go ahead. the interesting thing is you don't see Harrison Smith say that very often. Usually nope. he's pretty calm, cool, and collective. But we're not a Vikings podcast, so let's let's just cut it off there. Uh, let's move into uh, – we usually start with our one thing notable, we're, but we're going to start with an NFL notable because we're recording it on Tuesday night. We got this news right before we were recording. The New York Jets are releasing Le'Veon Bell. So it has NFL impact because you have one of the better running backs out on the free agent market, uh, possibly going to a team that has um, some playoff aspirations. And also, a lot of people drafted this guy in the top three rounds for fantasy football. So I'm going to start with Jeremy since we've already talked a lot of Vikings with Bradley and Josh. Jeremy, what, what kind of reaction did you have with this? Do you have a possible landing spot for him? What do you think about this news? I just think it's absolutely wild that no one would even send like a sixth round pick or something for him. Like, I just think it's crazy that they, they could get absolutely nothing similar to the Leonard Fournette deal. And who knows what was happening behind the scenes or whatever, you know, if he, if you know that he's getting shopped and you think there's a potential of him getting released, maybe you don't give anything cause then you can just pick him up, whatever. Um, I just think it's, I think it's wild. I mean, it, you look at this, the, the situation with the Texans and um, and Bill Bryan being gone and, and being like, hey, he should probably get sued because of what he did to the organization and nuke leaving and all those things. When Adam Gase is gone from the Jets, it's going to be the same thing. There goes Jamal <laughs> Adams. There goes Le'Veon Bell. Like, what is he doing? And he continues to keep a job. I just, I think it's absolutely wild to me. It doesn't make any sense. 
I just don't. We always bring up Adam Gase on this podcast. Like, and I feel like we're not the only ones that say this too. So it's just like, how can you get rid of your most, arguably your most talented players? Well, your two most talented players in Jamal Adams and Le'Veon Bell, but you still keep that head coach. I'm going to turn it over to Josh. Josh, give us a possible destination for him that you see fits perfectly for an organization standpoint and a fantasy standpoint. Do you have a spot for him? So we were talking a little bit before we recorded couple of spots that were you know shopped out were like Detroit New New York Giants maybe San Francisco with how banged up they are at running back and them being a contender I think Bell is going to be one of those guys that is going to try to go to a contender and typically those contenders are already set at running back so that's going to be kind of tough uh, for him to be able to find a spot Bradley, I have a, a possible landing spot, and I, wanna, I want you to tell me what you think of it. So um, it's a team that's playing tonight, the Buffalo Bills. Devin Singletary, that's actually to good. my opinion, does not look that's great. A good Dak Moss is banged up. He's young. I mean, who knows? He might even go on IR because of how banged up he is, and they don't want to uh, get him even more hurt. They're 100% a contender. Um, he stays in the division, so he gets to play the Jets again. Uh, what are your thoughts on that landing spot? Yeah, I, I think that's a fantastic landing spot for him. You you can tell he's still motivated. He went to Twitter and said, I still got a lot of juice left in me or something along those lines. Um, goes back to the same division he plays them. I don't know if they played already or not, but they would play him at least once or twice um, for the rest of the season. And plus, Zach Moss is banged up a little bit. Um, it's a situation where the team's winning, so you, you don't really need to necessarily worry about him in the locker room because he's not going to bring this, this cancer attitude with him. Uh, so I really like that fit. Yeah, Great. so let's – Go ahead, you kind of took the words out of my mouth because I was actually thinking about the two teams that are As playing was tonight. I. As was uh, I. I. I could see the Titans potentially being a landing spot, too, if they, they wanted to change a pace back. Darrington Evans just got hurt tonight. Don't know how serious that is, but that could be a potential. I know they got some cap space. Well, he can um, play slot receiver, too. I mean, yeah, he's exactly. Receiver. Like, he can do a lot of that stuff. Yeah, part of the, what we have to keep in mind, too, is, guys, I know you brought up the Adam Gaze, but people that leave him – get better than what they were under him. So I think we have to adjust our expectations a little bit for Bell and what he can achieve in this season because we he's just kind of been the forgotten man in fantasy this year. But I think he's got a shot to kind of revamp his value. To the people that are fantasy football lovers and listen to this show, uh, tomorrow when waivers go through, check and make sure nobody dropped him. You'd be surprised on if some somebody some owner would just be like, oh, he got cut. I'm going to drop him. If you see that, scoop him up because he, I mean you got to take the talent. He's going to be better than somebody on your bench. Uh, let's let's move into our uh, one thing notable. I'll get us started. Uh, my one thing notable. Oh wait, we're a football podcast. My one thing notable is the Lakers winning the championship. Shout out to the Lake <laughs> Show. Shout out to LeBron James, the goat. <laughs> What do you guys got to say about it? Uh, Jeremy, what's your one thing notable? <laughs> <laughs> hey, congrats. With the goat. congrats to LeBron and congrats to your Lakers. I'm definitely happy for LeBron. There's, there's no question about it. I was pulling for the Lakers. I know Josh was pulling for the Lakers. I know Jeremy was pulling for the Heat. Uh, I was but, not. I just wanted a game seven. I, didn't, the, I, I was I, fine with who won. Jeremy has admitted this in the past, that he has a disdain for LeBron – 
because he roomed with Brady for so long and Brady's <laughs> been so outspoken. And, and about- for those that don't know Brady, that, that is warranted. Uh, sometimes he is a little <laughs> aggressive. He was watching the game in my apartment and it was a beautiful fall night and I had to shut the windows because it was honestly like I was generally worried about getting called at 911 on us. And he almost had to worry about getting a new TV after um, they didn't hit the game-winning shot. But yeah. anyways, let's, I actually want to go on to my actual one thing notable. And, and it's rather ironic because I was honestly on Sunday night at halftime of the Vikings game, I, my one thing notable was going to be Delvin Cook is the most valuable fantasy player. He, he had 15 to 20 touches in the first half, and he only, like, he only played in the first half. Just because of the workload, the talent, the touchdowns, I was going to say that Delvin Cook is probably the most valuable player. Now the injury concern, because I thought we were past the injuries, and then all of a sudden you come in the second half and he gets hurt. So I've been talking a lot about how I've been drafting Alexander Madison. It's going to come in. Delvin Cook's not playing this week. So uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about him throughout the whole episode. Um, so my one thing notable is Alexander Madison being a must start this week. And when Delvin Cook gets back, he he might not be the most valuable now because we got to see how he heals from his injury. But I really liked how what he was doing in Minnesota. Totally yeah, agree. Well, I, I think we'll talk about it a little bit more later in, in the show when we have some segments designated toward Madison and some waiver guys. But yeah, definitely hit the nail on the head. Jeremy, why don't you hit your one thing notable? Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I'm going to kind of take two and one but and just label it quarterback surprises. First off, I think it's surprising, but at the same time, not surprising. But what Fitzpatrick is doing with the Dolphins, I mean, he looks good. And, and they beat a good San Francisco team, obviously a team that's been banged up. But, I mean, they crushed them. And it, it was yeah. not a game. Um, it, it'll be curious to see what they do moving forward with him and Tua. Um, obviously it was a storyline at the beginning of last week, I believe that Tua was not going to start. So the fact that that's even a conversation means they're at least thinking about it. So it'll be curious to see what they do with that. But my second one uh, along the quarterback lines is I'm surprised by Justin Herbert. I did not think he was going to look that good um, immediately. And he looks all of the part. Um, I mean, he's, he's confident there. He makes really, really good deep throws. Um, he's versatile in, in terms of being another dual threat type of young quarterback. Um, I'm very impressed with him. Very impressed. So the question. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Bradley. I'm sorry. My uh, my one thing notable was: Do I dare say that Justin Herbert looks better than Joe Burrow from the draft class? So Jeremy hit the nail on the head by talking about Justin Herbert. He he looks the part. He's getting better every week. He's making tough throws. That rollout that he had to the right when he caught the snap with one hand was an incredibly difficult pass and difficult situation to do, and he looks very good, very accurate. Do you think – so we talk about draft when, when the season's not going on, the offseason. Uh, do you think more evaluators now will scout off of intangibles, the, the, the body and, and all the, the stuff that you have, or the tangibles, I should say. So, like, uh, how tall are you? How, how much can you – or how far can you throw the football? Kind of like the Josh Allen type yeah, of scouting. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Instead of, like – what you did in college type thing. Cause like, do you think Miami's thinking at all? Like, uh, should we have drafted Herbert? Cause I mean, he looks really good. Obviously we're not even halfway through his first season. So, uh, yeah, and they don't know what they have with Tua either. So I don't think they're right. saying that right now. Cause they haven't even given him a shot. They know what they got when they drafted Tua. But what you're saying is like the body of like the literal body versus like the body of work. So like Baker Heisman, really accomplished at Oklahoma. He is a little shorter, but 
versus a guy who can chuck it, you know, 60 yards on a dime, think guys like that. Right. And, I, and I'm not even saying like height and all that. I'm saying like, so like a short quarterback, like Kyler Murray, one of the, one of the things that you don't notice is he doesn't take hits. So it's just like, just, just some of those things, I guess it's, it's interesting because Herbert didn't look great at Oregon. Like he, he just didn't, but people are like, this guy, he looked, is, he looked amazing in one game and it had to be against the Badgers. And the Rose yeah, Bowl. he did. <laughs> <laughs> we love Justin Herbert for that, but uh, Josh, give us your last. So the only one thing notable. Yeah, so one thing notable is that Dak's out for the year. And what is that going to do for the Cowboy weapons the rest of the season? And then the outlook for Andy Dalton. And so I was going to want your guys' thoughts on, you know, Cowboy weapons, you know, the Amari Coopers, the C.D. Lambs, um, all those weapons that they have on the offense. And then Andy Dalton and what you think he'll be able to produce for that team as well. I, I personally, I think Dalton Schultz is droppable now. I I don't know if I would keep him. I, I would keep the other three receivers. Uh, Michael Gallup looked pretty good with Andy Dalton. That last throw, that last catch that he had was unbelievable. Like to yeah. end the game, just incredible. Um, I go out, I go out here and start talking about his dropper centers from 2019. He goes out there <laughs> and starts making those type of catches. Jeez, he heard you. That he listens to our podcast, so it's I guess so. it's con- yeah. it's confirmed. Yeah, so, uh, no, I think all three of the receivers, obviously you're keeping Zeke. He's going to be really good for them now going forward. But um, for me, Dalton Schultz is droppable. Yeah, I think Zeke's stock goes up um, just a little bit more. They're going to force feed him a little bit more than what they did with Dak. And even in the passing game, I think uh, Andy Dalton's going to kind of just look to dump it down a little bit some of the times um, and try to keep that defense off the field. Yeah, for me, Zeke gets the biggest bump. Um, from a standpoint of fan- fantasy relevance and the, and the, he's going to be the most reliable already was. Um, but I, I also think CD lamb might be even more solidified. I know we talked a lot about him uh, last episode, but you look at what Andy Dalton was with Tyler Boyd and what Tyler Boyd was with him, that those slot targets are going to be really valuable. I think with him at the helm. So I think CD could be even more solidified. And he's looked really good to start his career. He has. Too, which really helps. Makes uh, makes the front office for the Cowboys look really smart in investing in a quarterback that is actually competent in a backup in Andy Dalton. So that's good for those weapons. Well, the thing is, I think the max he can make is what eight million dollars in incentives or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if if he's making that money, that means they're probably in the playoffs, especially since they're playing in the NFC East. True. So totally Tough speaking, division. For, yeah, totally yeah. speaking hypothetically, not at all a real scenario. Let's say you're in a two quarterback league and you've punted on the quarterback position two years in a row and nobody's saying anything. Cause this is Josh. <laughs> nobody's saying anything. Cause this is Josh. So. Will you dump your fab no, and we, try to get Andy Dalton? Cause we are not talking and giving you any advice for that. Cause I'm telling you right now, I don't, hey, we have to, we have to, we're in a vice giving show. We got to do it. I'm t- I, okay. This is my advice and this is what I, I'm going to do. I How think about I you hold on. How about you hold on because uh, we will be talking about waiver wire targets and in foreshadowing, Andy Dalton's going to be on that list. So uh, let's let's get right into it. We're going to do like our normal show. We're going to do our week five recap. Uh, we got some unknown players that we're going to rank from each position just because we don't get to talk about these guys so often. And then uh, obviously we're going to go into our week six preview, some waiver claims, and obviously our starts of the week. And then we're going to finish with our ones got to go. So let's get right into uh, week five recap. So like I said, uh, we have some players on this list that 
really showed out this last week. And, and we need to start ranking these players on where you think they're going to be. Um, obviously, if you think they're going to be more valuable for a long-term version, you're going to have them at the uh, top of your list. If you think it's going to be like a one, one week wonder, then it's not going to be very high. So uh, let's, let's get right into the quarterbacks, the four quarterbacks that we need to rank. And I'm going to start with Jeremy uh, for the quarterback position is Teddy Bridgewater, Justin Herbert, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Derek Carr. So all four of these quarterbacks have looked really good, uh, especially Fitzpatrick in the last week. Um, but I need you to rank these guys as far as a fantasy perspective, where are you going, who's number one, and, and so on. For me, I, I started with a guy that I've talked about already, and I, I started with Justin Herbert. I like what he's looked, uh, how he's looked. I think he, he's done a lot right now with his arm as far as last night's game. I mean, he threw for four touchdowns, um, and I think he, he has the potential to do a lot uh, on his feet as well, especially with no Eckler, potentially no Keenan Allen moving forward. Um, he's done a lot with no-name guys, practice squad guys that they've brought up. So I think he's going to continue to get better um, and continue to do, be more versatile with his feet. And then my, my next one is Teddy. Uh, I talked about him on the last episode. I think he's playing really well. He's got a lot of good weapons around him. Christian McCaffrey will come back, um, and I think he continues to play well. And then I have Derek Carr um, over Fitzpatrick at three and four. Only because uh, I think Derek Carr's looked good. He went toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes and actually looked a, a, to looked apart. I mean, he looked like the guy who was in the MVP talks a couple years ago. And Fitzpatrick just has that potential of the Tua in the back of my mind as as far as rest of season rankings. So uh, that yeah. would be my four. Yeah, that the Fitzpatrick one's a little interesting just because you just don't know how he's going to play. So Bradley, give yours a little bit shorter. Jeremy did a good job of giving detail for the first time. Uh, Bradley, give a little bit shorter reasoning on why you ranked your players the way you did. Yeah, I'm pretty similar to Becker. I went Herbert one. He's averaging over 20 fantasy points a week since he's been starter. So that's good enough for me for the number one. He's gotten better. Uh, number two is Teddy. He's got the best rushing capability of all four of them, in my opinion. And he's throwing the ball 35 times a game. Uh, so he's got an opportunity. Number three is uh, Fitzpatrick for me. Um, outside of the week one where he had a bad week, he's scored 24, 24, 21, and 27. So he's been very consistent in the last four weeks. And then uh, Derek Carr is number four for me. Josh, let's, let's see yours. I have Herbert, Teddy, Carr, and Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick's been able to – Why is everybody to... hating on Fitzpatrick? No, I, I, we love Fitzpatrick. He's been able he's to do fourth. this. Fitz. Yeah, and in a group of four quarterbacks that are playing very That's well. That's last. That's last. Yeah. Good, Bradley. Um, he is fourth here because I, he's been able to have, be great in stretches before. And then he has had his inevitable, you know, reverting back to why he hasn't been a long-term starter in the league at, you know, one team. And so, I honestly, I love his magic, but I do think Tua is going to end up taking the reins here eventually in this season. Um, I thought that would happen sooner rather than later. Um, but with his play, I, that's just going to get put, that can's just going to get uh, kicked down the road <clears throat> a little bit farther. Okay. I'm going to go through mine quick. And I, I have a question for you guys, because you guys all had Herbert first. I have Teddy first. Does it concern you at all that maybe teams are getting more film on Justin Herbert? Because nobody had film on him the last three or four weeks. So he's been able to do – his normal stuff, he's got to adjust now once people start getting film on him. I really like what I'm seeing from Teddy. Like Bradley said, the rushing ability. The offense looks really good without McCaffrey. Once they get McCaffrey better, get once they get McCaffrey back, I would you would hope it's even better than what it is. Um, so I had Teddy, Justin Herbert, 
Derek Carr than Fitzpatrick. So does somebody want to answer the my question on Herbert with film and, and what does that rank anything into anything for you? Honestly, for me, I look at it the other way. As a rookie, the game is going to continue to slow down for him a little bit. I mean, he understands how to prep a little bit more. Um, I think he's really benefiting from being able to go into the Superdome and not have to worry about doing silent counts. Um, so I think he's benefiting from that. Letting the game just come to him right now. So I'm going to take the other approach to it. I do love Teddy. You guys know he's my guy, so I don't have a problem with you putting him at one. Yeah, for sure. I, they, they've been the surprise of the season so far for me, just how they've, they've won three straight games without McCaffrey. Um, but let, so let's move on. It is. It is very odd. Let's move on to some running backs. So we have, <laughs> we have four running backs again. Josh, I'm going to start with you to give your detail. Uh, but the running backs are basically replacing RB1s from injury. So uh, Mike Davis for the Panthers, Alexander Madison for the Vikings, uh, Justin Jackson for the Chargers, and Devontae Freeman for the Giants. Rank these and tell me why. I have Devonta Freeman one. I think he just has season-long value that basically Saquon is out for the year. I think he's going to be able to give you more value at the running back position. I have Mike Davis, too. Uh, I think he's obviously been great in uh, CMC's absence. I have Madison, three. I don't think the injury for um, Cook is all that serious. I think he's just going to miss one game, have the bye, and then be back for that game uh, after the bye. So I think Madison's going to be great this week, but I don't think you're going to get much of any value for him um, after. And then I have Justin Jackson for that. He's splitting that backfield even without Eckler. So I don't think he is a long-term play either. Uh, so that's how I divvy that up. Bradley, let's hear yours. I'm stunned that you have Devontae Freeman number one. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I, I am going to be honest with you. I thought Mike Davis was a clear-cut number one, and I didn't think it was close. And I guess it just really depends on how you value it, if you value it for the rest of the season, because CMC comes back. I, I, I get that. But I have Mike Davis one. I mean, his targets speak for itself. He had eight, Same. nine, six, and ten. Since They're treating him like CMC. Out. Yeah. It, it's just been insane. I have Madison, too, because, I mean, you saw what he did in Seattle. He looked very good. Uh, I had Justin Jackson, three. I think he can continue to get a high workload when Eckler's out. I mean, you saw he had six targets. I think targets in the backfield are are extremely valuable because you can have 80 rushing yards but have eight catches and still have a decent week. Um, Josh Kelly's stock is dropping too. Yeah, uh, and Devontae Freeman's number four for me. I mean, I know he had 15 fantasy points against Dallas, but is that really that impressive? I mean, he had 17 carries. Um, he wasn't very efficient. I think he averaged under three and a half yards carry. Uh, so Devontae Freeman was number two for me. He had a Ball dose third. of the KD and AZ. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good one. Uh, Jeremy, do you agree with Bradley? Do you agree with Josh? You got a different ranking? Um, I I thought similarly to Josh in, in terms of I, I really valued rest of season for me. Um, and I kind of view Madison and Mike Davis as very more – much more short-term ads uh, just with Madison probably really only having the one and then the buy cook probably being back uh, Christian McCaffrey. There's a good chance he'd be, he will be back after this week. So I see that as one game. So I went, I actually went Justin Jackson, uh, Devonte Freeman, Madison, and Mike Davis. Uh, I like Justin Jackson a lot. He's a guy that I actually kind of liked a lot at, at the beginning of the season. I thought he looked pretty good last night. He, he has, as you guys alluded to, has somewhat phased out, Josh Kelly as being the lead guy there with Eckler out. 
Um, with Eckler going to be out and missed extended time and Keenan Allen potentially out as well, I, I like Jackson as, as a guy, a good skill position for them. How much yeah. longer does Eckler have of being out? Like, what are they? Like five more weeks? Oh, geez. At least. Okay. And, yeah. and who, who knows? I mean, I it mean, looks bad. If they're if they're two three wins or whatever, I mean they're not they're not winning a lot of ball games right now. If they're not winning, who knows if they'll even bring them back? So I I had the similar approach to Justin Jackson as Jeremy did. Um, he was my number one, um, just because I think he's going to be the guy there for just Joshua Kelly hasn't looked really good um, since that one week where he blew up. Uh, my number two was Alexander Madison. Uh, I would hope that Delvin Cook's back after the bye but it's a soft tissue injury. We just, we never know that that hamstring injury that uh, Cook had two years ago was not supposed to be lingering and it lingered the whole year. So we just don't know. And Madison showed what he can do. I mean, he's just an absolute tank. He just, he runs through people. I, I'm a big Madison fan, obviously. I feel like they have three running backs that are all like the same. Yeah. Does, does anybody love it when Brady talks about, like, uh, musculoskeletal, like he knows what he's talking about? And he says soft tissue, and he doesn't even know what types of soft tissue there are. AT <laughs> over here just trying to clown. Just, I just say he has no idea. He has no idea. Brady's so buttered. He, he calls me out on it. I know what soft tissue is. Like, hammy, groin, all that stuff. It's good. You know, it's not a bone. So it's, it's not a bone. Yeah. That's, yeah. Anything that's not, you know, breaking a bone is soft tissue. But anyways, back to my point about Madison. So, I Cook, how long did he play in the third quarter? He didn't play very long in the third quarter, correct? Didn't he? Wasn't it the like the first play of the second half where he kind of gave up, came up gimpy, and then it was some, it was very early in the second half, and he had 17 carries and five catches, so he touched the ball 22 mm-hmm. times, basically in a half. Yep. So somebody's got to take that over for at least one week, maybe even longer. So, uh, hey, if you need somebody to start this week, it's definitely Matt. I mean, they're playing the Falcons. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> go get Madison yeah. if you can. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna ball. Sorry, yep. Brady, continue. And so my third one was Devontae Freeman, just because I think CMC is going to be back soon, and then Mike Davis was uh, my fourth. So let's move on to wide receivers. Bradley, let's go through this really quickly. Um, the four that we have are Chase Claypool, Travis Fulgham. Is it Fulgham, right? Fulgham. Yep. Fulgham. Just so, so new to the, the playing <laughs> surface, so it's Fulgham. Uh, T. Higgins, and then Emmanuel Sanders. Rank them and why? T. Higgins, number one for me, averaging seven and a half targets a game. Burrow seems like he trusts him, and A.J. Green's banged up again. Number two for me is Travis Fulgham. Uh, he's only played in two games. Uh, he's had success in both games from a fantasy perspective. He's averaging over 17 yards a catch. Uh, Chase Claypool is three for me. Uh, I know you guys are probably pretty high on Claypool, but uh, the reality is he's wide receiver four when all of the receivers are healthy in Pittsburgh. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Kenny Galladay. Wide receiver uh, four? That's, that's three. tough. Uh not Washington. James Washington. No, James Washington. Yes, James he is. No, After that yes, game, you think is. Washington's going to be higher on the depth I'm chart. just stating facts. Like, he, right. he has been. I mean, he might not be coming. I'm just saying he is. Like, that's that's a fact. Um, I think he's a lot like Kenny Galladay in the fact that he might have one week where he has four touchdown catches, but the next week he might have two catches for 12 yards. Um, so, I, I'm not sold on Claypool. I can see – He's a rookie. You might want to get him on your roster, um, but I would just be a little hesitant if I'm starting him consistently. And then Emmanuel Sanders. Talk about a guy you want to sell high. Sell Emmanuel Sanders high. When Michael Thomas gets back, like Emmanuel Sanders is not going to have as much success as what he did last night. 
I think it's awesome. These all these rookie receivers are are showing out right it's now. It's so awesome. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, where do you have these these wide receivers ranked? I also had T. Higgins at number one. I think it's clear he's he's kind of Burrow's guy, like like Bradley said. And and AJ Green is not only banged up, but there's that clip of him going around saying, "Just trade me." I'm not a lip reader, but that's what it looked like. Um, so I I think he's on his way out of there. I have Claypool at two, uh, just because. I think he's ultra talented. I think he's really athletic and I think he'll start to be more of a focal point there for them. I don't think he's wide receiver four. Um, and then I have Fulgham and Sanders and, and the same thing I have on Sanders as Bradley, as Bradley said, when, when Michael Thomas is back, it's, it's his wide receiving core. And he takes all of Drew Brees' targets and makes Drew Brees better. So uh, Josh, do you disagree? Yeah, um, I actually have Fulgham one, Claypool two, Higgins three, and Sanders four. Uh, Sanders is hitting a bye too, uh, just this next week. So picking him up won't do you much of any good anytime soon. And then obviously Thomas coming back. I just think that I don't trust the health of the Eagles receivers at all. They've shown us time and time again that they just can't stay healthy. And so I think Fulgham's just going to get all the targets that he can handle. And he showed that he can do a lot with it. And the, like Bradley alluded to, when he's been active, he's been productive. So Love Claypool, loved him in the draft process. And so it's cool to see him actually um, doing something with the opportunity that he's been giving. And then I've probably been sleeping a little bit on T. Higgins. I know um, you guys have been a lot higher on him than I have. Uh, so, um, yeah, probably close to two. And you aren't years. probably sleeping on T. Higgins. You are sleeping on T. Higgins. Can, can I have the floor for a second? Um, according, <laughs> yes. to ESP, according to ESPN, uh, Chase Claypool is wide receiver four. Uh, on the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not saying that that's how it should be. I'm just telling you what the facts are. Latavius Murray also gets the first snap for the Saints every single game. It does not mean Yeah, that. but let's just check the depth chart. Kamara's okay. number one on the depth chart. <laughs> okay. I'll give mine really quick. Uh, T. Higgins is number one for me. Chase Claypool is number two. Uh, just because, I mean, the one thing we haven't talked about is Deontay Johnson's kind of been banged up. Yeah, like he, he's always he's been really banged up. So uh, that's why he kind of moves up for me. Uh, Travis Fulgham is three for me. And then Emmanuel Sanders is four. He really helped me, though, this week uh, in my fantasy league, having those 12 <laughs> catches or whatever it was. So thank you, Emmanuel. But it's an eight team league, so I'm not going to be able to trade you. Uh, when we come, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to go into uh, some week six preview and then we're going to give our ones got to go. Hi guys, this is Jeremy Becker from the 4th and a Mile podcast. Just wanted to thank you guys for tuning in and remind you to follow us on Twitter at 4th and a Mile Pod. That's 4th and a Mile Pod. Thanks guys, and now back to the sports. Welcome back into the 4th and a Mile podcast. We're going to get right back into it. Uh, week 6 preview. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some waiver claims. So you saw on our Twitter page, if you don't follow us, it's at 4th and a Mile. Uh, but we're just going to go through some of these uh, waiver claims because, th- frankly, a lot of players went off that are out in free agency that under 50% of fantasy team or f- these players are owned. So, like, in, in a league, uh, less than 50% of the – do you guys know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> I, yes. Sh- I am These, players, these players are rostered in less than 50%. Why available? You. Thank you. Oh, yes. my gosh, did I struggle with that. So, <laughs> that was horrible. But, anyways, let's get out with the first player. We've talked about him a lot. What I'm going to say is the player, you give a percent of your fab budget that you would give up for this player. Help out our listeners. So, the first player, we've talked about him a lot, running back for the Minnesota Vikings, 
Alexander Madison. I'm going to start with a Packers fan. Jeremy, what percentage of your fab would you give up for Alexander Madison? If you're a running back needy team and you need somebody to play, you can go 30 to 35% probably. Um, if, if it's more of like a depth ad, I probably wouldn't throw, you know, a, a super hard bit out there just because, you know, he might not play more than two or, you know, one game. Um, but if you need to start 30 to 35%, I think is good. Josh, what do you think? It's super end loaded for me. If you're not going to start him, I wouldn't bet bid almost anything because he's going to be a super, <clears throat> super valuable in the short term questionable in the long term. But if you're going to start him and you have some injuries at running back, I would go very heavy. I'd go like 35-40% if you need a win this week. Bradley, you agree with that percentage? Wow, I, I thought I was kind of lowballing a little bit, and I had 45% written down um, because obviously you're not going to put on 45% if you have two stud running backs. But yep. the reality is, is uh, Alexander Madison is probably a, a running back one this week against with his matchup, uh, with his workload. And, and, and wins are hard to come by sometimes in fantasy football. So, I mean, I would throw 45. I think it's worth it. It's hard yeah. to argue that. And one thing I should note is, is you three don't know who these players are. So these are rapid reactions. You guys don't know which guys I'm about to say. So that's probably something we should tell for the listeners. Bradley, the next player that we're going to talk about is Chase Claypool. What percentage of your fab would you put on Chase Ooh. Claypool? If I had to throw out a number, the, honestly, the, the initial number that I'm throwing out is 12%. Um, just for the reasons I talked about, I mean, it's, it's a boom pick. Like he could pan out and be, I've talked about the guy a lot, AJ Brown. He, he, he was a rookie that balled out second half of the season. We're still looking for AJ Brown. It could be Justin Jefferson. It could be Chase Claypool. Um, I just don't know if I like a wide receiver four on my team as much as another opportunity. for Stop calling else. him a wide receiver four. He's not a wide receiver <laughs> four. Just stop calling him that. He's not that guy. I, I, he, wide receiver no, like, four does not score four touchdowns. No, but 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 he, I'm I'm being honest when I say like he's wide receiver four when everybody's healthy. But the reality is is that they're never healthy. Like Deontay Johnson's been banged up. Uh, James Washington has been in and out of the lineup, and so is Juju. So, like, he's not playing as a wide receiver four right now, but if they're all healthy, he has been. So I, 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 would, I would throw a 12% now. Jeremy, you think that's too low, too high? I think I'd stay right around 10, just because I think there's a lot of guys in that area. Uh, uh, T. Higgins, um, a guy I really liked as a pickup last week, LaVisca Chenault. Um, I think if he's still available in your league, I think you'd throw out somewhere around 10, maybe for a couple of those guys. I just – I like saving my money, bigger bids for, for running backs. Josh, what do you think? I think that's fair, around that 10 to 15%. against team dependent. If you're really going to um, – if, if you're just going to stash him on your bench, I'd probably lean towards the 10 because he put, could potentially get improved or um, yeah, promoted to that wide receiver too. And then with Ben, they can make that very valuable. So uh, I would say around 10 to 15 Yep. If Ben finds a wide receiver that he likes, he definitely looks one way. Antonio Brown is a prime example. Of and so that. is Juju for that one year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, another receiver, which we talked about earlier, is Travis Fulgham. Uh, Jeremy, start with you. What percentage are you going to put on Travis Fulgham? I don't think I'd go over five, to be honest. Josh, really? uh, Josh, do you disagree? I, I think Bradley disagreed, but I'm going to start with Josh. I very much disagree. I'd probably be more aggressive with Fulgham than I would be with Chase Claypool because of the lack of basically any competition. Like, Zach Ertz is deteriorating, and then Dallas Goddard is hurt, and, you know, Alshon Jeffries hurts, and 
help me out, speedster. Deshaun Jackson's hurts. I would so go like percentage. 20, would, okay, twenty twenty five percent. Okay, Bradley, give me your percentage because I have a follow up question for Jeremy. Uh, I I would go about fifteen, twelve to fifteen, a little bit more than I would at Claypool. Okay, Jeremy, my question for you is: Would you put more fab on Elshon Jeffrey than you would for Travis Fulcom? No, because I don't think you'd need to. I think you could put out a, a lower-budgeted uh, bid on Alshon and still get him. You can get him for zero dollars uh, the next because day. I think I think a lot I... of people are going to go aggressive on Fulgham. I I think Alshon is going to go for more than Fulgham. I mean, if you're looking at some of the the, I'm not saying that I would. I'm saying that I think that's what people would do is go for Alshon because he's more of a big name guy. Fulgham's been he's played two weeks. So, like, nobody knows who he was. I, uh, I think that's a good point. I think it's also, to, to that point, I think it's really important to know your league and know who you're playing with. Um, because if you, you know a lot of people in that league are very, like, recency bias type of people when it comes to fantasy, then, you know, you're probably pretty safe with a lower bet on Elshon. If you think it's the other way around and big name, then you kind of want to switch up your fab and your priority on that. But I, I think long-term, I'd rather have Elshon. Probably. I mean, Wentz, when he's healthy, Wentz likes him, but we just, we don't know if he's healthy. You know, and, and yeah, you never know. Okay. So we're moving on to another one. This is a quarterback. Uh, we we kind of talked about him a little bit earlier. I cut Josh off. So, and I honestly, before you said that, I said Andy Dalton and in parentheses, I put SF for super flex league in a super flex league. What percentage are you putting on Andy Dalton? I'm not going to put the caveat that you don't have good quarterbacks, in a super flex league, let's say you even have Dak, what what percentage are you going to put on Andy Dalton? I'm dumping my, I'm dumping it all. Um, I legitimately, and we are in a league together. I'm, I have like 50 some odd. Dumping I'm says. dumping it all. Um, that is a hundred percent for the listeners at home. 100%. Yes. Because quarterbacks, I, I don't know if it's just our league specifically that just hoards quarterbacks, but for a super flex league, but there is no one on the waiver wire almost ever. And I made the, I made a mistake a couple of weeks ago about going super heavy on Nick Foles after a really good performance. Cause I thought he was going to do well and that might bite me again, but with all the weapons that there are in Dallas, he's going to be able to get you quite a few quarterback one weeks. And that's huge in super flex. So I'm going to dump it all, to be honest. And that's, so I, I, that's team dependent for me, too, because my quarterbacks are garbage. So I, I would say take that with a grain of salt. So I'm going to ask an unbiased opinion in Bradley and Jeremy. Uh, what are you going to put on? You're not going to dump it all. That's not what you should do. Uh, what percentage would you put on Andy Dalton? 45 tops for me, just because, I mean, he has been a starter in the league and has good talent around him. But, it, it, I mean, there's a reason why they got the number one overall pick in Cincinnati. Yeah, I 40 is the number that sticks in my head. But, again, you know, like Josh said, it's, it is team dependent. You know, for me, I have three solid quarterbacks. I probably won't put any bit on them, to be honest oh, with right. you. Nice. Um, and, I, I mean, I think you two are probably in similar positions. I'm going to put one more dollar on Josh. Josh <laughs> just to screw with him. No, <laughs> no I'm not going to. Just to uh, – clarify i i have dak in one of my super flex dynasty leagues and, and my team's a contender i'm putting 73 percent of my fab budget on him because i need a quarterback in, in a super flex league um so it, it most definitely is team dependent if it's a standard league where you only have one quarterback 
you're probably not going to put anything on them or no. am I? Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not. I wouldn't put anything because there's going to be guys out there that are a lot more valuable than the guys we uh, talked Andy about Dalton's. earlier that you ranked. Yep. That we ranked Absolutely. Out in the free agency. They're going to lean on Zeke. They just are like, yes, they have great weapons and so many yes, weapons. he can, he can provide some, some, some value, but he has no rushing value or not nearly what you had with, with Dak and they're going to lean on Zeke. So. We got one more quick one. I don't want any explanation. I want a percentage. So this guy uh, was on a bye last week. Tight end Robert Tanyan. What percentage are you put on Jeremy Start? Don't say anything else but the percentage. He's still owned at under 50% of leaks, just so you guys know. 15 to 20. Josh. I'm going zero. Oh, wow. <laughs> He splits ball on Andy Dalton is why. I know. Andy's man, baby. <laughs> the wallet is empty. I would go 8% around that area, 8 to 10. I like it. Let's move into our starts of the week. Uh, I was last last week, so I'm, I'm going to take the initiative and go first this week because I got a lot of my guys stolen. So uh, to recap week five, I was 2 of 4. So I had Daniel Jones against Dallas, which I thought was kind of a lock. Absolutely not. He had like eight points. He did not look great for fantasy. I had David Johnson, which I didn't think was going to be a, a hit, but it was a hit. He was the RB22 going into today. So worst case scenario, he was RB24. He's an RB2. Uh, Deontay Johnson got hurt early in the game, and it, I had him in a standard league. He got me negative 0.3 points because he caught one pass for negative three yards. That's definitely not. Oh, no. <laughs> and then my last one was Evan Ingram, who scored under 10 points but managed to be the tight end 10 starting today, so he was also hit. So I was two of four. If a tight end scores a touchdown, odds are you hit on him. Yep. So I'm going to go through mine really quick. Quarterback, uh, surprisingly, I'm going Tom Brady against Green Bay because I think Green Bay is going to torch Tampa Bay's defense, and I, I think that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. So uh, he's my start of the week at quarterback. My running back, you guys guessed it, Alexander Madison versus Atlanta. Uh, I've been banging on the drum for – people to keep Madison on your roster just in case this happens because I think he's the best handcuff. He gets his opportunity to see if he proves it. Uh, my wide receiver is Brandon Cooks against Tennessee. Uh, he had a really good week last week, and maybe it was the coaching staff. Maybe it was just a, a flash in the pan. Uh, but I'm going to see if he can do it against Tennessee in a big divisional game. Uh, and then my last start of the week at tight end is Eric Ebron against Cleveland. I think he gets in the end zone and, and makes it worthwhile. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Josh. So my starts of the week last week, I had Minshew at Houston. So this is, this is a question. This is a debatable one. So he had, you know, three, 301 passing yards, two touchdowns, 18 yards on the ground, and he fumbled. It ended up getting 18.8 points, which was quarterback 13. Is that a win or not? That's a miss. So I can tell you what, Ryan Tannehill had a lot of points today too. So it's quarterback 14. That's actually a fair point. Okay. <clears throat> um, so then I had Kareem Hunt against Indianapolis. Um, he absolutely is a W. Um, Justin Jefferson was absolutely an L. And then I had Mark Andrews, which he was quarterback or tight end. <laughs> Mark Andrews is playing quarterback now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, ch chucking that pigskin because Lamar is not doing it this year. So tight end two. Um, that was an, I think the threshold was like five or seven. So that was an Something easy like that, yeah. one. And so the new starts of the week I have for this week, I have cousins against Atlanta. Uh, their defense is just garbage and 
I trust that the weapons that, you know, Jefferson and Thielen, and hopefully we can continue to get our new tight end, Irv Smith, involved again with, he got a little flash in against Seattle. Uh, Antonio Gibson running back against the Giants. Um, good, good matchup. Hopefully he gets a blow up game here. Um, and then I'm going pretty deep here. So Miko Hardman, wide receiver against Buffalo. Um, Sammy Watkins just got hurt. So hopefully he's got elevated to the wide receiver too. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a pretty good guy throwing you the ball. Dalton Schultz, tight end against Arizona. So new quarterback. <laughs> I know we were just ragging on him earlier. Brady think, says uh, drop him. Josh <laughs> says start him. You best you believe it. The- Arizona, Arizona's deep. Someone's got to win. <laughs> Josh, you you want to put a mile bet on that one? I'll play a mile bet on that. Absolutely. Okay. So what's, what is the it? threshold? Top 12? Yeah. All right. We can do that. All right, so Dalton Schultz, tight end, new quarterback. Maybe he feels the heat a little bit, has to check down quite a bit to his tight end. Love it. Okay, so, so just for our listeners who have tuned in a little bit like later into these episodes, a mile bet for us is you obviously have to run a mile, and it's it's called fourth and a mile. So every quarter of the mile, you got to take a video and send it to uh, the other all, all three of us, and, and basically explain <laughs> why you were wrong for each quarter of those miles. So at this point, I'm running a marathon with a camera crew running behind me. So <laughs> uh, it's. <laughs> It's, yeah, we uh, can't wait for good. Jeremy. We can't wait for Jeremy and Bradley to get involved in this because right now it's just me and Josh. Yeah, well, you guys got to step your game up. It's fine. Go ahead, Jeremy. All right. So, quick overview from last week. I had Gardner Minshew as well. That was a miss. Antonio Gibson. That was a miss. Um, and then I had Darius Slayton, who was a big hit. Um, had a really good game against Dallas. Uh, Daniel Jones did not, but at least he found Slayton enough times. God, Daniel Jones. And my tight end was a big hit uh, who put up two touchdowns and had 50 yards tonight in Jonu Smith. All right. My starts of the week for this week, I have Matthew Stafford playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, He's coming off a bye. He's been pretty sharp. Uh, His receiving core is a a little bit more healthy, mainly Kenny Galladay. I know Bradley doesn't like him, but He's healthy. Don't like him as a fantasy player. Let's just clarify that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, Stafford has a big week. My running back is James Robinson. Uh, same game, playing Detroit. Uh, Detroit has not been a great run defense. Uh, James Robinson has been averaging just about five, six targets a game. Uh, I think he gets a lot of volume in this one and plays very well. My wide receiver is Terry McLaurin. He did not play very well last week, did not have great continuity with playing with two quarterbacks. He needs to um, bounce back for me to this week. I have it's Halloween scary Terry seasons score. upon us. <laughs> he, he struggled last week, but I think a lot of it had to do with the Rams' defense and how well they played. Um, when you have Aaron Donald in your face and you haven't played a game in two years, I don't totally blame Alex Smith. Plus um, Jalen Ramsey covering him too. For sure. And shout out Alex Smith. Uh, a heck of a story. Uh, tight end start of the week is TJ Hawkinson. I am stacking – um, Matthew Holy Stafford and Hawkinson. <laughs> Put so all the eggs if, in that basket, baby. <laughs> if the Jacksonville-Detroit game is a stinker, uh, you probably didn't get anything right if you listened to me. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a good one, Becker. I went 2-4. I had Teddy uh, Bridgewater, who was a hit. Uh, KD and AZ is just continuously disappointing, unless we count RB20. So that's uh, three hit. starts of the week from the fourth and a mile crew with Katie and AZ and all yeah. for three. Stop him. I don't yeah. know. 20 uh, for what we're expecting of him now. I, I don't know if that's a loss. That's a miss. He was a top. Hey, 
Hey, Twelve it's your loss, so you drafted. take it. I was trying to advocate for it. <laughs> hey, I know, he, I know he plays Dallas this week. You picking him again, Bradley? Good God. I might. I might. You just be careful. Uh, <laughs> my wide receiver was Diggs. Uh, he had 10 catches for over 100 yards, so that was a hit. And then Dalton Schultz was horrendous. He's tight end 38. Hate, so. Hate <laughs> uh, my starts of the week this week, uh, quarterback is Kyler Murray against Dallas. Uh my running back was James Robinson, and then my backup was Antonio Gibson. Both are gone. So give me KD and AZ. Let's we go! go bounce back. Yeah. We go bounce back. I will take KD and AZ. Uh, my wide receiver is Devontae Adams against Tampa Bay. I think he's just going to be itching to play, and I think he'll finish as wide receiver one or two uh, for the week. And then my tight end is Jimmy Graham against Carolina. Surprised you just didn't go with uh, the whole – Arizona offense because they're playing Dallas. I should. Like, honestly, I would hit at least three of the four. Oh, my gosh. What was it? The Giants are averaging, like, 13 points a game and scored, like, 30 against them. It's just yeah. it's just crazy. Like, Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's, let's finish it up with our one's got to go. So, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some injury-plagued players from this season. Um, rest of season fantasy, which one of these players has to go? So, Christian McCaffrey, Delvin Cook. Julio Jones and Michael Thomas. So these are all big hitters. Uh, I'm going to start with Jeremy. Which one's got to go from these heavy hitters? For me, it's Julio. Uh, I, he's, it's hard because he's one of the safest ones on there, but with his age and, and the hammy, I, I don't like it. Josh, what do you think? I'm right there with you. Uh, CMC and Dalvin are going to be coming back here soon. Michael Thomas has had you know relatively large layoff. He had a disciplinary the reason for not going to the game last time, so you get even healthier. Julio's just you, – you don't know when he's going to get back. So, I'm going Julio. Yeah, we've talked about it, yeah, we've talked about it before, uh, just with his age, uh, their situation. Uh, they're, they're not successful right now. They haven't won a game yet. So, I don't know why they would rush it back, especially if they're planning on Julio being there for the next three or four years. Uh, so, I definitely just worry about him, him returning soon enough. Um, if they're all healthy, uh, I don't know who I would pick, but I just – I think Julio's going to be gone for the longest time. I'll probably go Julio, too. Uh, a runner-up for this one for me is Christian McCaffrey. My only concern is if they continue to win games, do they make sure he's fully healed before he comes back? Like I, That's my only concern. I think Michael Thomas is going to be back after their bye. We, I mean, we hope Delvin's back, but we, we just don't know. That, yeah. That's the only my concern on Christian McCaffrey. And Julio, you guys have already nailed it on the head. I mean – Soft tissue injury. I know I said that again. I'm, I'm an athletic <laughs> trainer now. I can, I can diagnose this stuff. Um, but, yeah, Julio's got to go for me. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Fourth and a Mile. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Go deep, and we'll see you next week.